Matt, I think one of the reasons why I like to talk to you is because we've had opinions on these guys for you know a long time, and then when we get the RSP, our uh, uh, biases are either confirmed or you know some of our feelings our, our feelings are crushed. Like uh, when I read the RSP, the 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 paragraph on Zach Wilson where you said, you know, I wouldn't take this guy in the first three rounds or so. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about Marvin Harrison Jr today and i think everyone has formed an opinion on him um i remember early last season and even kind of before it was popular dane brugler mentioned that he thought marvin harrison jr was a better prospect than jackson smith and jigba um i think they're different prospects because they almost play different positions in my opinion i mean one's a slot wide receiver one's a guy that does different things on the boundary and outside uh what are the what differences or, or what, I don't know how to ask this question, but they're different. They're asked to do different things. When you're evaluating a slot wide receiver versus a boundary guy, what are the differences in the traits and skills that you're looking for um, uh, between those two profiles or types of players? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to lead in with Dane because obviously, obviously everybody knows Dane does great work. And um, I don't know how Dane evaluates um, like what his process is for doing stuff. I imagine it's modeled after the NFL, you know, with his doing stuff with Gil Brandt and knowing Gil Brandt and him being, you know, kind of a mentor to him at some level as well as some other NFL people. So he's probably mimicking their system. Um, with that said, I just don't know, you know, when you write for a big name, whether it's CBS or The Athletic, you're required to provide thoughts on prospects and maybe even some rankings early on. I don't know. Or I know he used to have to do that. And if that's the case, maybe it's at some point early on he felt that way, but I don't know how complete his evaluation has been. So I want to give, you know, I don't want to be critical of him from that standpoint. And I think he did a great job of being able to delineate that there is a difference between the two. And I think for me, what I'm, you know, what I'm looking for probably is I'm looking at the same things for all three positions, but I would probably say that um, getting off press coverage is probably less important for a slot receiver and more important for a boundary receiver. Um, I would say positioning at the catch point is probably also more important for a boundary receiver um, in more cases than not. Um, you, you know, the same thing would probably go with, um, you know, specific types of routes, you know, maybe a little bit more important than the other. Um, but I would, but I would kind of argue that these days there's a fair bit of um, interchangeability and a demand for interchangeability with these players because a lot of these outside players do get work in the slot and they have to recognize coverages in a certain manner. And a lot of the best slot receivers can win outside um, when called upon. I mean, the Cooper cup can still probably win outside when called upon. Um, you know, he was that kind of player, but, but your, your posts, your comebacks, your goes, those routes I think are going to be more important for your boundary wide receivers. Correct. I would agree. Yes. I would definitely agree with that. So, you know, from from that standpoint, um, I would say really you're you're really talking about fit at this level of when you're when you're studying prospects. 
guys who are heading into the NFL, they all still have work to do with understanding how to process coverage and be on the same page with their quarterback. They all still have to get, most of them all still have to get better against press coverage uh, because both of those things get ratcheted up a notch or three in the NFL. The physical skills, I mean, Devontae Adams said it best when he was with the first year with the Raiders when he was interviewed by Eric Allen. He said, when I was in Green Bay and I came into the league, I immediately knew that physically I could play in the NFL. But it took me three years to actually be good in the NFL because I had to figure out all the conceptual and mental aspects of the game that flooded my mind in a way that I didn't have to deal with in college. And I think because of that, whether you're a slot player or you're a boundary player, um, for me, I don't differentiate in how I grade them. I try and grade for everything because ultimately the things that they're, you know, then I look at fit, you know, if they're within a certain range of skill sets, like if Jackson Smith and Jigba in my grading area is scoring between an 80 and an 84, um, and Marvin Smith, Marvin Harrison Jr. also scores within that range. It doesn't matter if I have Harrison two points ahead of Smith and Jigba. What matters is where I think they're going to fit best. And they're both in the range of that within a year or two, they should develop into really good starters. Well, that's a good uh, to follow up with you there. Really good starter. So I know that Jamar Chase was one of the um, better wide receivers that you've scored yeah. in recent memory. I don't know if that was two years ago. I've lost track of time. Maybe it was three years ago now already. Yeah, wow. Three. Yeah. yeah. Um, do, when you say really good pl- player, it doesn't sound like Marvin Harrison Jr. really has a chance to um, break Jamar Chase's score. Am I, is it too early to tell or am I reading you correctly? It's, it's still early, but I have, I would bet against him coming within within the same neighborhood of Jamar Chase. Um, and mainly that's because Chase really already was polished in the aspects that you normally don't see receivers that polished in. At, you know, he could play inside and outside. He could play all three positions if you needed him to. And he could win against press coverage, and he ran pretty much every route at an NFL level. And he did it when he was doing it as a freshman and a sophomore. Um, yeah, he might have been the best receiver I've I've, I've scored um, recently when I with the updated criteria I've used. I mean, I've certainly had Calvin Johnson higher, but I didn't compared to what I'm doing now. I didn't know what I was doing. So, so I would say you know Harrison is Harrison to me is a good prospect. I'm not ready to say he's in the tier of an AJ Green or a Jamar Chase. I think that though I think those are a little too heady for him at this stage. What does he have to work on to get to that point? He has to show that he's a better route runner than what Ohio State how Ohio State features him, which isn't hard because I think a lot of people look at Michael Thomas and thought he was a just kind of a deep threat who wasn't very fast. And then he turned into one of the better route runners in the league from the slot who could do a little bit, do everything. But from what I've seen with Harrison, the route running ability, the physical aspect of route running seems to be there or getting there. But the proof that he can actually 
um, win a variety of routes and not just ver- he runs a lot of verticals. He runs a lot of over routes. He runs some hitches. You know, I'm not seeing the variety of routes that have me feeling like you can automatically assume that he's a great route tree technician. And then the second thing is, if you watched Van Jefferson two weeks ago, drop a pass, and I put this on my RSP boiler room, where the ball's over his shoulder, and it really didn't need to be over his shoulder. He just needed to turn and square and get his hands up. And instead, he let the ball go past him, and he tried to do the over-the-shoulder catch, and he dropped the ball. Marvin Harrison does that a lot. I watched... I think I've seen four instances of this in, in two or three games, and they were all drops. And they're all plays that were impactful plays. Against Georgia, there's a play, you know, there's a play where what he does is it's a tracking issue. I if you ask me, and maybe not a severe tracking issue in the way that you think of um Sammy Coates, who couldn't track the ball. It's more of a tracking issue of Marvin Harrison getting kind of, I would say. Um, conceptually, technically lazy, or maybe if it's not lazy, it's a level of a, a subtle level of discomfort where when the ball is arriving and he's breaking across the field, um, instead of attacking the ball at the earliest point and getting his chest in front of the ball, he waits for the ball to go past him to the latest window and then tries to catch it in situations where it's not the best it's not the optimal choice and he's dropped those passes or he's gotten, you know, there's one against Georgia where he runs, um, he runs an out and he's breaking back towards the ball in the end zone and he's going to have to straddle the boundary and he tries to catch it like this. And if he had extended, at least his chest would be facing the ball and maybe keeping the defender off of him. And he would have had a chance to actively, you know, get his hands on the ball and retrieve it. Instead, he does this. It goes through his hands. Same thing against Penn State over the middle. Had a play like that. Later in the Georgia uh, Matt game. Matt is showing um, a position where, really, like on an out route, you want your hands kind of facing the quarterback. Matt is showing almost like a deep pass that he's yeah. catching the ball almost yeah. on an out route, almost it's, like an over-the-shoulder pass. He's got his pinkies together with his with his, with his – um, palms pointing upward as opposed to facing the target with your palms facing the quarterback and your thumbs to and your forefingers and your um, index fingers together you know that's that that diamond position that you get taught in pop warner in a lot of circles you, you know that's the t- catch position that's ideal because you can get your hands in front of your chest and if it goes through your hands it's probably going to softly recoil off or a softer recoil off your hands and bounce off your chest or your helmet and you have a soft recoil that you can try and catch as opposed to if you're doing it with the underhand with pinkies together and it's at the last window and it's away from your body and your body can't be the backstop you either catch it or you drop it or somebody intercepts it um and harris there's plays over the middle like against penn state where he did that and it was, and he had, it was nearly, it could have been intercepted because he didn't allow that ball. He didn't allow himself to, to have that um, hands in front of his body where he could have caught it. And same with a, a high point play where he could reach the ball because instead of turning back 
and jumping and having the position to leap up and high point, he tried to continue with his momentum and turn back, turn like behind his brake path, but like let the ball go over his shoulder. And you can't go as high going underhand for a ball as you can overhand. It's just, it's just a matter of physiology. And he, and he just missed the ball there. So it sounds like subtle things, but the difference between AJ green who was a very good route runner and a, and uh, just a dog catching the football. I mean, Eric Berry used to smash him to bits in the SEC, and he just looked at him like, you're going to have to do better than that. You know, bring your friend next time, and I'm still going to catch it, you know, and I've seen those, you know. But uh, Marvin Harrison, I don't see that. You know, the difference between that and Van Jefferson, who was also a wide receiver for some, a wide receiver coach's son, wide receiver who used to drop the ball a fair bit too, but still a good NFL Calvin wide Johnson's receiver. Calvin Johnson's wide receiver coach, long-time wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the difference between those two seems like a big margin for fantasy people, but it's a narrow margin, you know, when it comes to those two things. They're both in the NFL and good enough to be there. I'm not saying Marvin Harrison is Van Jefferson, but, you know, if you took four years ago, Everyone was hyped about Van Jefferson. There are a lot of people who are like, he's a great route runner and he's gonna mm-hmm. be he's gonna be awesome. And he had the senior bowl issues. did him really well. I mean, uh, the one-on-ones at the senior bowl, he was kind of leaving people in the dust. Yeah, he inflated. You, he got inflated. Uh, I mean, we 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 generally consider Marvin Harrison Jr. that he'll be a top 10 draft pick come next year. Do you see traits in him that warrant that draft capital? I think I do. And um I would probably take the chance on him because I see, you know, it, 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 again, it's that range. You know, we talk about Keon Coleman and we talked about Rome, maybe Romeo Dunzier, or we talked about some other players um, who fit in that Mike Williams kind of category that people got super excited about and, and wanted more. And they're a little spoiled by the fact that he's a good receiver, but not a great receiver. I think Marvin Harrison right now, when I from what I've seen, maybe he has a chance to get into AJ Green territory, but I haven't. It's not there yet. Um, and look, I'm someone who picked Marvin Harrison two years ago in a Debbie League and was very excited about it. Um, and I'm still happy with the pick, and I still think he's worth a top ten pick. I just don't know if, but if you're if you've got you know those dreams of sugar plum fairies by the name of you know. Jamar Chase and AJ Green and you know and Justin Jefferson yes. in your head. You yes, know. we all do. We all we have all, those names in yeah, our head with Harrison Jr. You, you all do. I don't know, man. I'm still the jury's out for me, and that means to me that I'm 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 a little doubtful after watching him against Georgia, Michigan, and Penn State. I I didn't see enough to feel that way about him. We're going to call this show. From here on out, the uh, like the bubble bursting show or something. It's, like that. I hey, know. you know, and I, you know, look, I mean, I get a, it. It's kind of funny because the, you, it's probably right because there's lots of folks who who joke that I like the guys who are barely going to get drafted more than I like the guys who are at the top of the board, <laughs> and maybe part of that is being a scout and getting the chance to see guys who are kind of underdogs that nobody knows about and that's in 
enjoyable to to see guys have that kind of chance who are underrated. But of course, I love all the front runner guys and and the top top players. It's just that there's so much hype with those guys, and it can be out of control. And I just, and and you know. I mean, look at David Bell. Everybody was talking about they, and yeah. you know, I bought into David Bell. Yeah. I like David Bell. Um, yeah. I thought maybe he was kind of a, you know, I, but I saw him as mid to late career Larry Fitzgerald as his aspirational thing, and maybe that may still happen. But if you have late career, Larry he was a Fitzgerald, big slot wide receiver late yeah. In his career. Yeah, yeah. and it, yeah, and if you have late career Larry Fitzgerald without the all the age and wisdom and experience you have a guy who's fighting for a roster spot you don't have a guy who's like on the field so i mean that's something that we kind of need to understand so you know i i like marvin harrison a lot i may end up loving him as time as i see more tape but from what i've seen and how ohio state use him i think that maybe there's a bit of projection there for how good people are putting him I, my my the last question I had for you is now like I have to rearrange it because we play in campus to Canton leagues. We can trade NFL players for college players, et cetera, et cetera. So I was going to give you a list of NFL names and say, you know, would you take Marvin Harrison Jr. over these guys? But based on this conversation, I mean, I'm I think I could answer this question myself. So um you rather have Devontae Adams. Yep. I'm assuming so. You'd rather have Amon Ross St. Brown? Um, it's I would say it's close. It depends on depends on where the fit is. Okay. Uh Cooper Cup is a little bit older, but you know, still has some productive time. Would you rather have Cooper Cup or Marvin Harrison Jr.? Um, I would as long as the injury fact, you know, I think the injury factor will be fine. So I'll say Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'd much rather have Cooper Cup. Oh, okay. I'm cu- curious on these two because okay. they're similar. Similar. I mean, plays a similar position. Drake London, who was also more. a top ten draft pick. Yeah, I like Drake. I yeah, like Drake was. London. I, I mean, can say right now, it it will depend on fit. So, like, if I had Drake London in a year, you know, Arthur Smith could be canned, or he could be right. canning Desmond Ritter, which I think is most likely to happen. And they're getting a new quarterback, and Drake London has new life. Um, so, but I would bet that Marvin Harrison winds up in a better situation, um, just given Arthur Smith just strikes me as a guy who's always going to be with a a quarterback who's either aging and almost <laughs> a lemon, or they pick a lemon like on a regular basis. He just seemed like they have whoever his regime is, they've got a bad picker. You know, it's like your friend who like can't pick a girlfriend. You know, they always pick somebody dysfunctional, you know, uh, you know, they're a great guy, but they always pick a dysfunctional person because they just don't get it. I almost feel like Arthur Smith's that guy. So I'd probably go Marvin Harrison, even as much as I liked London. But I just want to I want to try just one more name here. I'm trying to pick a good one so we can get let let me go. Okay, an older player who's been very productive, um, who I believe his contract is after is up after this season. Seattle's Tyler Lockett. I'd go with Harrison. And okay. I just wanted yeah. to find where that range was. Yeah. Like, huh. I love okay. Lockett, but I love Lockett. But yeah, you're at the point where you're kind of like if 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 you're, you're, you're where you want to build 
and Harrison has a chance to be. He may not end up being as good as Lockett. He may end up being a little bit better, but he's in that range. So I think that's a good that's a good name right there. So I don't even have to look at a draft board. I can tell you that Marvin Harrison Jr. at the latest went number three overall in any startup. At the very latest, it would have been Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, followed by uh, uh, Evan Stewart. Uh, Nicholas Singleton, Brock Bowers is going in the first round. Travion Henderson, some players we've already talked about. Are you buying or selling Marvin Harrison Jr. at his Camps to Ken, probably number three overall price there at the latest? I am. And the reason I am. Thank God. Thank the re- God. Thank God. <laughs> I am. I am. I know it sounds like I'm not. The reason I am is that he's going to have a long career ahead of him. And I think you're going to get at the very least, strong wide receiver two value for the length of his career, and that's worth a number three pick overall. Now, I might take that Singleton kid over him, you know, if you're going to – and we're going to have a little argument. And if I'm in a 1.5 PPR league, yeah, Brock Bowers, we're going to have a conversation about from what I hear. I have seen – I've seen enough to feel like, yeah, we might need to have a conversation about that too. But – uh. Harrison's worth a top five pick. And if you're going to go with three, I'm not going to argue with anybody. Everyone, you can exhale now. (laughs) All right. We'll see you all next week. I'm not that crazy.